Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I am blessed today to be able to join with you and study the Word of God. We are blessed because God continues to extend His mercy towards us. We don't have a right to it, uh, but God yet continues to extend His mercy on a regular basis to those of us who are so undeserving. We don't deserve God's blessings, but yet God blesses us in a special way. That's why everybody ought to express their love and appreciation to the God of our salvation. He loved us so much until he sent his only begotten son into the world, into this apostate lapsed world. He sent his only begotten son into this world so that we, through his son, might be saved. Which one of you who has children would give them up to die for somebody else, or even for one, the Bible said, peradventure for someone you love, but who would give their son or daughter up to die for people you don't even know, people that talk about you, people that lie on you. Listen, there is no day that I would give my son or daughter up for, one, for anybody. But yet God did that for us. What a blessing. Extraordinary. What manner of love is this? Jesus, God, he loved us so much till he gave his life for us. So we got so much to praise God for. And so that's why I testify that I'm glad I'm saved. Mm. Glad I'm sanctified and filled with God's precious Holy Ghost and that with the mighty burning fire. And I do speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. We're blessed today to be able to share in the Word of God. And before I read our scripture, I'm going to say a word of prayer, and I hope that you will join in and listen to what I'm going to speak to you, especially the leaders. Leaders, leaders, I want to say something special to you on tonight. Dear Lord, I thank you. Thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. I thank you for how you blessed me and brought me to this point. Now, dear God, I ask that you will look upon us in a special way. Continue to strengthen us. Continue to grant us of your favor. Search our hearts, O oh God, and if you find anything that shouldn't be there, take it out. Because we want to be saved and we want to be whole. Help us to be what you would have us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name, thank God, amen. For our scripture, let's go to the fifth number of Psalm, the fifth number of Psalm. Uh, and uh, it says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. 
Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of my enemies and make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very dis wicked. Excuse me. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I've read the first nine verses of uh, the fifth number of Psalm, and let us continue to praise our God and lift up the name of Jesus. I want to call your attention to the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter, and uh, I'm going to read uh, starting at the 31st verse. And these are the words you will find. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked, on his disciple, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Here we have where Jesus rebuked openly one of his leaders. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, and he objected to Peter, uh, as the Bible said, rebuking him or chastising him about his pending crucifixion. Jesus understood his mission. How many of you understand your mission? Are you just going through the motions, or do you really get it? Jesus got it. He was able to articulate what he knew he was supposed to do. Jesus said to Peter, when Peter was not, you got to understand, Peter wasn't as bad as we make him out to be. Peter was actually saying, oh, no, Lord, I don't want that to happen to you. Peter was actually saying, no, I ain't going to let that happen. No, sir. Peter thought like a true friend. But Jesus had purpose on his life. Oh, praise God. Somebody type on the screen and say, I've got purpose. Because if you have purpose, then you'll do things that sometimes go against the grain. You'll do things that will let people know that you're actually answering to a higher calling. Jesus had purpose. 
Jesus turned to Peter and said, get thee out of my way, Satan. You aren't thinking the way God thinks, but you're thinking the way humans think. There are some people who never rise above the carnal mind status. They never get to the next place where they can truly be what God wants them to be. To do the will of God, we have to rise above what feels comfortable. I'm going to say that again. To do the will of God, you've got to rise above what feels comfortable. My God. And we must be prepared to deal with people around us who have not elevated to where we are. And that's what Jesus did. He had his disciples, they were all intact, but they had not elevated. Somebody put on the screen, elevate. You've got to elevate to where God wants you to be. And so go with me to Psalm 141. Psalm 141, and uh, I want you to go to that fifth verse, the fifth verse. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. My brothers and sisters, the word of the Lord says a righteous person may, may, may strike me or, or, or correct me out of kindness. And that's what Peter was doing to Jesus. He, he wasn't correcting Jesus uh, 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 because he was mad at him or, or, or Jesus was, uh, uh, or Peter was ungrateful. He was correcting him out of kindness. But the Bible says it is like lotion for my head. My head will not refuse it because my prayer is directed against evil deeds. Praise God. You got to be able to understand where you are and where you're going. Go with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, the, the ninth chapter. And uh, let's look at the starting at the eighth verse. Proverbs 9 and uh, 8, and let's see what it says. It says, uh, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Uh, you see, look at the ninth verse. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Give advice to wise person or a wise person and he will become even wiser. And, and teach a righteous person and he will learn more. Wise people want to know what's right. Hallelujah. A righteous person wants to know what's righteous. Amen. And so you need to learn more. But go with me to 1 uh, Timothy, the fifth chapter. Praise God. First Timothy, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse. And see here, them that sin rebuke before all 
that others also may fear. The reprimand for those leaders who sin. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I know what Paul wrote, but uh, I try when I have to correct leaders, I try to correct them in private. However, if they continue to do wrong, then the Bible says reprimand those uh, leaders uh, in sin. And he says, the Bible tells us to do it in front of everyone so that other leaders uh, will also be uh, afraid. So they won't do the stupid stuff. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I also refer to when the disciples, the, the, the man brought his son to Jesus and said, you know, cast this demon out of my son and the disciples couldn't do it. And he took him to Jesus. Jesus took took the, uh, ran the demons out and then the disciples came back to Jesus and said, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus took them aside from the crowd and rebuked them. But now if your actions continue or, or persist in the wrong direction, then the leader has to correct you publicly so that the other leaders will know not to do that. Praise God. Go with me to uh, 1 Timothy. Uh, first, I'm sorry, we're in 1 Timothy. Go to Titus, the book of Titus, the uh, first chapter and uh, the 13th verse. Watch this. It says, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith. Uh, 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 so that people will be sound in the faith. The Bible says sharply correct believers so that they can continue to have faith that is alive and well. Go with me to Revelation, the book of Revelation, the third chapter and the 19th verse. It says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So when the Lord corrects you, get in a hurry to get it, get it over with. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to put that behind me. I want to get in line. When your leader uh, rebukes you, don't fight back. Don't fight back. Get yourself together so that you can get in line and move on. Praise God. Am I making sense? Uh, get in line. Just put on the screen, get in line. Get in line. Quit trying, to, quit trying to show everybody else you, you, miss, you miss hot stuff or you miss the hot stuff. Get in line. Put that on the screen. Get in line. Praise God. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter and the fifth verse. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Hallelujah. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Are y'all with me? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The corrupt nature's attitude leads to death. 
Hallelujah. The corrupt nature's attitude leads to death, but the spiritual nature's attitude leads to life and peace. Now, this is so because the corrupt nature has a hostile enmity, has a hostile attitude toward God. It refuses to place itself under the authority. It refuses to submit to God's standards because it can't. And those who are under the control of the corrupt nature, if your, if your nature, corrupt nature controls you, uh, you can't please God. Uh, you see, uh, uh, that, that, that's important. Go with me to James. That's important because if you want to get yourself together, you're going to have to calm down and submit to God's wisdom, to God's instruction. Praise God. And this is not the kind of lesson y'all wanted to hear, but I got to tell you something. Go with me to James, the third chapter and the 15th verse. James, the third chapter and the 15th verse. It says, this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every, 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 every evil work. Uh, I want to read that again. Uh -huh. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and evil every evil work. Mm. Wherever there is jealousy and rivalry, there is disorder in every kind of evil. Look at the 16th, uh, the 17th verse. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy, without hypocrisy. The wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. Hallelujah. Then it is peaceful and gentle and obedient, filled with mercy and good deeds and partial and sincere. Look at that. Look at that last verse. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John, and let's look at the second chapter, and uh, let's look at the 15th verse. Hallelujah. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Is that in your Bible? Somebody type on the screen. It's in there. Don't love the world and what it offers, but uh, those who love the world don't have the Father's love in them. While we think of God, uh, when we, while we thank God for the tenacity of the apostle Peter, Peter only sought comfort for his leader, Jesus. But Jesus sought uh, 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 conquest of the kingdom. If we, if we look at this from a leadership point of view, 
there are some things that leaders must do. Leaders must build a vision off of their God-given values. That's number one. Leaders must build a vision off of their God-given values. Number two, uh, they must correct people who drift from the vision. You can't have people working for you if they're not going to be in sync with your vision, if you're a leader. If you got people, if you employ people and they always saying something off or going off or trying to uh, tell you what to do, listen, don't tell me what's a better idea. Uh, you, you get with my vision. I have the vision for this. And then number three, you got to help the team to lay aside personal agendas to reach the vision. Uh, they got to lay aside. You, uh, uh, here is the here is here is the objective. Let's see how we gonna do it. Now, if what you're saying, what you're doing, causes us to veer from the objective, then we got a problem. You're not really on the team. Number four, leaders must pay the price to achieve their vision. And sometimes that's, that's, not, a, that's not a low price. It's a very high price. Leaders must pay the price to achieve their vision. I often say that if I don't sow into my vision, I shouldn't expect you to sow into it. Praise God. Look at this 34. Let's go back to Mark 8 and 34. Mark 8 and 34. Look what it says here. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, whosoever will come after me, forget about who you are and take on my vision. That's what Jesus requires. And then look what he says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and then turn around and lose his soul? Or what shall he give in exchange, in exchange? What shall he give in exchange for his soul? Are you hearing me? Saints, you need to, you need to, make, you need to make some things understood because uh, if your soul is not important, then we can't help you. If your soul, if it's not important that you escape hell and damnation, then I'm not talking to you. But if you want to be saved, if you want to be a success, it is important that you sell everything. Listen, when I say sell everything, I mean there's nothing more important to you than God. Say what you will. But there are some weak saints around nowadays. And there are times when we put distance between us, uh, but then there are times we have to try to save those weak saints. 
And these scriptures talk about trying to save. And if you go with me over to Romans, the 15th chapter, Romans 15 and 1, and see what it says. Uh, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities uh, of the weak and not to please ourselves. We must not think only of ourselves if we're going to do ministry because this is Christ's objective to save. Look at that. Look at that second verse. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. That's it. We should be concerned about our neighbors and the good things that will build his faith. Talking to leaders now. Look at the third verse. For even Christ pleased not himself. He's our blessed and perfect example. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. We should be concerned about this because Christ didn't please himself. But uh, he, 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 he dealt with things so that people could be better. Uh, just type on the screen and, 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 and say, I want to help you be better. I know that's a lot, but put it on there. I want to help you be better. I want to help you be better. Praise God. And so uh, in, 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 in the second, go back to that book of Titus, in the second chapter of Titus and the uh, 12th verse, it says, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It, God's saving kindness, trains us to avoid ungodly lives filled with worldly desires so that we can live a self-controlled, morally clean, and godly lives in this present world. Why? Because we are his children. Praise God. We are the children of God. We are the ones that are seeking to be pleasing in his sight. Go with me to Romans 8 and 17, and I'm closing. We got to be able to take something. And we got to be able to take the difficulties uh, in this life if we're going to be successful. Romans 8 and 17, it tells us, uh, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. If we share in Christ's suffering in order to share in his glory, we are heirs together with him. Go with me over to Galatians. Galatians, the uh, second chapter. And I want to show you something. Galatians, the second chapter and the 20th verse. Look what it said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, hallelujah. Nevertheless, not, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ, hallelujah, liveth in me. I wonder, does Christ live in you? And the life which I live now in the flesh, I live by faith on the Son of God. 
I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by believing in Jesus Christ who loved me and took the punishment for my sin. Uh, skip over there to the fifth chapter of Galatians and uh, the 24th verse. Look what it said. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. My God. Listen to what Paul said to the saints who adhered uh, to what God had prescribed to them. Over there in 2 Thessalonians, let's get that scripture. And I'm almost through. 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter and the 11th verse. And it said, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. We hear that some of you are not living a disciplined life. So you, you, you're not working. So you, 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 you go around interfering in other people's matter. That's what a busybody is. And then First Peter uh, tells us that we ought to be happy First uh, uh, Peter, the fourth chapter, the 13th verse, tells us that we ought to be happy if we are reproached for Christ's sake. But by the same token, my brothers and sisters, we should not be causing stuff to happen to us because we run in our mouths. Oh, Lord, I'm going to come back and I'm going to deal with this a little bit more. And um, but my time is up. And so I'm going to let you go. But uh, I just want you to know that we have a responsibility as a people of God to live this Christian life. My brothers and sisters, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that you afforded me to uh, teach the word on tonight. And hopefully your people have heard this word and that they will be stronger and better. Let, help us, O oh Lord, to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. And we shall forever give thy name the praise, the glory and honor shall be thine. In Jesus' name, thank God, amen. Listen, I want you to give, I want you to give. I want you to sow a $20 seed on tonight into this ministry. If this word has blessed you, come on, sow a $20 seed on tonight. And I'm going to pray that God will take this seed and cause it to grow exponentially in your life. Listen, if you want to mail that seed in, you can mail it in to Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church. That's at 19190 Schaefer Highway. That's Bishop J. Drew Sheard Boulevard. Or you can mail, uh, excuse me, or you can give it PayPal. PayPal at geikojic.org. Or you can give it Givelify. Search for Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church. Please look for our church logo. Or you can give by cash app, dollar sign, GEI Kojic 1. Or you can give securely through our GEI app. And you can finally, you can give by texting to give. That's 28950. And put in the space GEI offer, a space, and your dollar amount. And we will be so happy uh, to see and hear from you as well. But we're going to pray that this seed 
will grow. Dear Lord, I pray now that you will look on our brothers and sisters who are sowing into this ministry, that you will cause these seeds to multiply in a spectacular way. In Jesus' name we pray because we realize that you alone can do what we've asked. And so, dear God, we ask that you will bless us in a special way, keep us in the center of your will, and cause these seeds to be a benefit to our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on and say, here I go again, believing God. Say it again. Here I go again, believing God. I believe God. I believe God, and I hope you do too. I'm praying for you. Please join us. On Sunday at 8.30, 11.30, those are our worship time experiences. Uh, you can be with us on, uh, in the virtual space, or you can come in person, 8.30 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. Come and join us, and I'm sure it will be a blessing to you on this Sunday. God bless you, and may heaven smile upon you. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, Rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. And we all said amen. God bless you. And I love you with the love of the Lord.